0: Okay, welcome back to the Spinner Rack here at the Marvel New Universe Comics
1: Podcast. Uh, We're your hosts. Steven with Mark Hazard Merck, number 10 and
0: and Andy with Kickers Inc. number 10. We're making it along here. Lots of progress. So Mm. the new universe started in 1986 as an imprint from Marvel Comics dedicated to a more grounded and less fantastic approach to comics and world building. The idea was the world outside your window with real-time progress and reasonably realistic technology, physics, astronomy, and biology. Eight new series launched in one month set in our world as it was in 1986. And now as the stories progress into 1987, the world still largely doesn't know about paranormals except for a few secret agencies. Um, with our podcast, you can follow along each week as we go through each comic in the order they hit the spinner rack, or check out individual comic stories if you already have a favorite. Um, interaction with the podcast, we have a website, kickersinc.com, um, just like the series. And on there, you can find our sweepstakes, which is still available, answer some questions, win some comic books, Um uh, our mysterious new contest might arrive at some point. Uh, and also, we're looking for slogan ideas. So we have a slogan contest going, send us your podcast slogans, not your new universe slogans. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Inc. And there's a good Facebook fan page, Marvel Comics New Universe fans as well.
1: So this week, I'll be covering Mark hazard Merck. Combat veteran Mark Hazard has been a soldier of fortune since Vietnam, but he has lost his relationship with his son and ex-wife. He tries to put his family back together and reevaluate his life while dealing with the real-world repercussions from his decades of fighting. This week, The Merc Number Ten, uh, Marvel Age started calling it just The Merc at some point, although the book itself does not have that title. So. Um, Glimpse into the future of Mark Hazard, Mark? Could be. (laughs) Mark Hazard's... Anyway, number 10. Mark Hazard's friends, Griffin, Mal, and the Sergeant Major, create a special mercenary squad to free Mark from an Iranian prison before the religious revolutionaries torture him to death. Iran Slam is written by Doug Murray, illustrated by Gray Morrow. Or... Merc number 10, in a bold move. Griffin, Sergeant Major, and the other new characters head for action in Iran. Okay.
0: So that's the question, right? Is it, is it Iran slam or Iran Slam? <laughs> yes. Some pronunciation questions.
1: The editor is slamming on to death.
0: These don't rhyme. <laughs> they do rhyme. <laughs> oh. So yeah, and this week I'll be covering Kickers, Inc., um, top professional football player, Jack Magnaconti gains real superpowers, possibly from his shifty scientist brother, but probably from the white event. When his brother is killed, he bands together with his wife and teammates to form Kickers Inc, a last resort answer to people who need help or a possible tax scam. <laughs> one or the other. And this mutually
1: in- exclusive.
0: No, no, I guess not. <laughs> Just hang out with my buddies. Make some tax deductions, that kind of thing. But this weekend number 10, uh, the kickers find themselves duped into a kill-or-be-killed confrontation in Central America with revolutionaries. Is this the description for Mark Hazard?
1: Uh, Are they see? religious
0: revolutionaries? And <laughs> uh, Maybe t- travel back in time to fight revolutionary war fighters.
1: They <laughs> all have that tricorn hat and uh, muskets they're firing at you. yeah.
0: He can use his superpowers to reload those muskets really fast, probably. So, <laughs> If he's immune to bullets, he's really immune to those musket shots. Some of those were pretty slow, right? <laughs> anyway, Central America with revolutionaries. Who sent them? Um, the organization they trusted most, the United States government. <laughs> Jenny Swenson would like a word. Um Deadly Force is written by Adam Blaustein, penciled by Rod Wiggum and inked by Tony DeZuniga. And the short description in Universe News uh, the kickers find themselves in a deadly situation where the only way out is to kill or be killed. Uh, so apparently there's going to be some killing. Maybe we'll have to start the Jack Magna Conti kill count.
1: Hey, yeah. Which um, I
0: did not, but we can we can add him up.
1: I've got I I started one. Oh, awesome. Nice. Uh,
0: one of, <laughs> As long as one of the two of us is reasonably prepared, we're okay. <laughs> as long as we don't pick the same day to not be prepared. Um, but yeah, so also the, the universe news is ongoing. So they have uh, fun questions from that of asking the writers what they would do with the superpowers. So we'll briefly discuss those at the end of issues too. Something to look forward to. Hmm. Indeed.
1: Well... Uh, we will start off this week with Mark Hazard, Merc Number Ten, which uh, is covered dated August of nineteen eighty-seven, and probably hit the stands May fifth, nineteen eighty-seven. And uh, as we um, um, saw in the previews, we've had uh, it's a continuation of the story that's going on for a issue or two, at least last issue, decoys. Mark had been captured by Iranians while he was um, the decoy for a smuggling operation, getting weapons into Afghanistan. And um, instead of the Russians capturing him, it's the Iranians, I guess. And uh, he's been held in a prison and I guess tortured, at least beaten. Um, Of course he, you know, starts a fight whenever he gets a chance so um yeah and his pilot friend
0: who may or may not be the same guy from a previous
1: issue uh, also was killed sorry right ritter or possibly ritter number two was ritter jr um, yes was <laughs> executed and mark has been marked for death yes he is uh, expected to be executed in short order and uh that's where we left his friends back in brooklyn um the other mercenaries that he knows were getting together and uh thinking of a um, you know how to how to get him out of this situation so um the cover for this um issue has well to be honest it's a little generic um It's got, I think, Lynn Griffin parachuting yeah, out of a um, military transport plane. And you see, I'd say, Priestess and someone I can't identify also uh, behind him uh, getting ready to jump. I think it's one of
0: the new guys we meet this
1: issue. Could be. Yeah, there's a couple. One of the crew she brings in yeah yeah that would make sense um and it's it's not bad it's just kind of generic uh you know what i mean it's also doesn't include mark hazard that too. <laughs> and so you know i don't think this would have jumped off the stance too much you know what i mean it's
0: just not like he jumped off the plane
1: <laughs> exactly yeah, I, I like the colors.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's an okay composition. It's not like Nightmask fighting a giant white snake or something, but
1: yeah. But I mean, Griffin's just in a guy in camo with like the uh, I don't know, a machine uh, combat rifle and a parachute rig, and um, so it doesn't you know have anything sort of flashy to grab you. I don't know, you know, Priestess at least looks good so you know the drone are a little bigger that. doesn't um, even have a color for the
0: new universe uh, across the top of the cover so They just went with plain white yeah it would have been fun if they had from every taken hand. the mark hazard merc logo and like since he's in trouble like if it was more scorched than usual because the, the typical logo has like his name in flames and then the top of the word merc is kind of burnt <laughs> hmm or like throw some prison bars in front of it or something i don't
1: know yeah or like the, the mark hazard part is getting burned away and it just oh. starts like disappearing yeah like they wrecked the troubleshooters
0: part of the logo and spitfire
1: right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well okay changing your logo costs money and we all know how the new universe was <laughs> Um, So let's see, opening up, we have a nice splash page and the title Iran Slum.
0: (laughs) Can I get a double order of Iran Slum? (laughs) Rudy
1: Tootie Fresh and Fruity with an Iran Slum on the side. Um, And it's a uh, and the credits at the bottom, writer again, Doug Murray. Pencils are Gray Murrow and I would say this uh, style does uh, harken back to that Second issue he did. Um Inks Vin- Vince Coletta, Vinny Coletta. And we see uh Mark's friends sitting around a table with uh some maps and some drinks and cigarettes. And we have um Lynn Griffin, I guess, with his back to us saying this. So there it is. And uh going around clockwise, we've got treetop in a wheelchair. Yes, that was no joke last last month.
0: Not a flying wheelchair, though.
1: <laughs> uh, we've got um, Sergeant Major with a cigarette, Priestess um, with a Coke. Yeah, um,
0: the nice cylindrical can, eighties Coke, right? It's like very
1: old, old style. Yeah, the uh, the guy Gramps that Lynn Griffin knows, and Mal Rossi, the cigar. And a so, <laughs> And let's see. It's the there's a caption around the Lynn Griffin's dining room table in Brooklyn. A council of war is in progress. Moving on, we get uh, Lynn talking about um, the situation, and he recaps it a bit. Our friends in Teheran tell me that Mark is here in a prison near Bandar Abbas, right alongside the Straits of Hormuz. Moose. Heavily guarded. So what do we do? We go in and get him back. What else? Sergeant Major, can you gather some of the wild geese? Remember, no training. And uh, Sergeant Major is pretty optimistic. I don't think that'll be a pro- present a problem, sir. Mark Hazard has a lot of IOUs he can call in. Uh, Sergeant Major is, I think, British, but I'm not going to do that cheesy Brit thing for you guys. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, Treetop. Can you get us some transport? Transport. Treetop is also looking pretty optimistic. Man, I'll do more than that. You'll have your transport and a little bit extra. And uh, Priestess has a very tight dress on. <laughs> and, asks, and what can I do? What do you want to do? I could use a couple of silent, ready assassins. Know anyone who could fit the bill? You just have to tell me when and where, and you'll have what you need. Thank you, Mal. You meet me out here tomorrow, and we'll pick out special equipment we'll be needing. And the rest of you, we were on rendezvous thirty-six for hours from now at the meeting point.
0: So we know very little about Priestess at this point, other than like she was, ran a karate school, and you know, it's got some skills and kind of shacked up with Mark, but like she's gonna bring some of her students this wasn't my question reading this like yeah, Timmy got his purple belt uh, a couple of weeks ago I think he might be able to be an assassin
1: so it's like yeah it's like this open ninja school um, but when we, we saw the students in there before Mark was kicking their asses very handily and so yeah we yeah. don't know if any of yeah. them are very uh, advanced in their training just yet <laughs>
0: um like do, do i have to pay for my own ticket to go to iran or does the school cover that
1: <laughs> you know i mean we've got uh we got the crew together priestess is included so it's not like you know stay home and uh, uh like they always do with darlene over yeah at I, that was better but uh yeah i don't know she's her uh, figure is is uh, quite well well done there. Let's see, and um, we the next page um, has meanwhile in Bandar Abbas, which uh, I did look up. It is actually the uh, as as given the like the Straits of Hormuz, this sort of narrow gap between Iran and Saudi Arabia peninsula, and Bandar Abbas is right there, and it's got a Iranian mil- naval base still to keep an eye on. Okay. That. Um, I
0: guess Mark Hazard didn't wreck it too much.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, it's near there. I don't know. I don't know why they call it the Ayatollah's Paradise, other than just
0: they're just trying to be rude to the Ayatollah.
1: Yeah. I what did know. he ever do to you? <laughs> Go get those students back. You're such good mercenaries. They were sitting there for like years. And... Um what was it? it was... anyway. So Mark is uh killing rats in his cell. So Mark Hazard killing rats. Quite a come down, eh, Mr. Hazard. A, a random foreign accent there, sorry. <laughs> come okay. on, Mr. Hazard. It's time for our daily chat. And he uh Mark's not too happy to see the uh, guards and probably torturer that's coming in. And uh, he immediately starts choking someone out. They uh, beat him with the butt of their rifles. Chain him! Secure the animal! Enough of this. Your time is up, Mr. Hazard. You will end like your friend tomorrow at dawn! We have a very specific timeline. (laughs) Absolutely not going to just take you out right now and shoot you because that would be inconvenient to the plot at the same time back in New York we have a uh, a quick um, sideline um, with Lynn Griffin again with his back to us talking to Gramps I don't like it Gramps they knew exactly where Hazard would be all the time he was a decoy but this is too coincidental check it out will you you put it into the spy network of Gramps you'll uh, finally get some <laughs> answers I guess <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, for all we know, Gramps is the one who sold them out.
1: That I mean, we haven't seen him do anything other than that. So I do like this, like the idea of this like eighty year old guy in Brooklyn who goes down to like talk to Fat Tony and uh, I don't know the rabbi and like some other like old, uh, equally old dudes. Do you uh, hear anything about this, Mark Hazard? Uh, I don't know anything about that at all. No. Okay,
0: okay. I was kind of hoping the Roman Catholic assassin guy would come along to help out. He was kind of fun.
1: Oh, yeah. It was like Johnny Generic. Um, Yeah. Then
0: maybe uh, Mark Hazard didn't leave a great impression on him after he (laughs) tried to kill him, I guess. Well, this is the thing.
1: He literally shot Treetop. Treetop's in a wheelchair because of him. And we didn't have any scene where it's like, you know, Mark doing something to make it up to Treetop or them hashing it out in any way. It's just like... Mark's in trouble. The word goes out and Treetop's there like, i got some markers I'll call in for you. Markers to get him killed even harder. (laughs) If you're looking for someone to sell you out, I would start with the guy that you shot. I don't know. That's just me.
0: He wasn't involved in the... Original mission, I suppose, but no. I just imagine like treetops flying the plane and everybody's parachuting out, and like once the last person's out, treetops like ha, 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 and like presses the button, <laughs> and a little bomb parachutes out after all of them. <laughs> you guys should have made a contract.
1: <laughs> you you are coming back for us, aren't you, Treetop? Treetop. <laughs> treetop. Yeah. Anyway, back to the book itself. Uh, Mal not our, and, not our
0: fun fantasy version of the book.
1: <laughs> Mal and Griffin are driving around the rough streets of New York City again in a van, and Mal's asking, uh, "Where do we know this guy from?" Linz exp- exp- goes off. I met him in the Nam. He was in the first air cab, lost an arm, and got out. Couldn't hack it in the world till he found a new line of work. Fine. Knock knock. And this is like a real rundown uh, ghetto kind of a, a building that they're in, um, boarded up doors and everything. But they hit the right door and it opens up. And it's this really nice uh, looking uh, interior. Yeah, Lynn, I knew you were coming, but you're almost 20 minutes late. How you doing? And there's this uh, African-American guy with, uh, as I said, one arm and a scar on his face. And, uh, it's very, uh, has got like a, what do you call it? Dressing gown. Like a Hugh Hefner kind of robe. Yeah. Right. And, uh, very sort of swanky looking apartment with art. Um, Mal says, Hey, this is a Turner, a real Turner. Of course. Just, do you think just that I lacked taste just because I prefer to live where my parents did? How gauche, uh, Turners must be like hundreds of millions of dollars now. I don't know what you don't think Gar can afford a Turner either? I, I don't know. He's do um, We got against Gar. Am I racist for thinking like normal people don't own actual Turners? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, the art market's a little different than it was probably in the 80s, but oh yeah, I I'm
0: sure it's, it's actually uh you know way crazier now. So
1: yeah, original like Turner. Yeah, it's like, you'll see him in the National Gallery and stuff. Uh, I forget, 19th century, early 19th, but anyway. Um, So they sit and have a drink. When it's not a social call. What do you need? A lot, Gar, a hell of a lot. The Iranians, of all people, got Mark Hazard. He was doing a job for me. I've got to spring him. I could use just about anything. He, of course, uh, opens up a wall, and it's a million guns there. Anything here you like bloody h you've got more stuff here than the house horse guards horse guards yeah <laughs> I thought he meant the house guards but I don't know um it's an Australian thing yeah okay <laughs> maybe the um, he, he Lynn says that uh you know we don't have a lot of money because this is a personal mission gar. That's the only name we get for him. Says, is, no, yeah. no problem. This is on the house. Has it pulled me out of a tight one in Nam once upon a time? Happy to help out, and I'm coming too. Uh, but your arm—that's just my problem. I'm in. As he spin twirls a, a revolver. Um, so yeah, we've got a one-armed shooter coming with us. A one-armed wealthy arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next page, we're at a abandoned airfield, apparently. And Priestess is meeting up with Lynn and a Car and Mal and a couple of new guys. Priestess is saying, I'd forgotten this place was here. It looks deserted. Used to be a naval air station. Then it was closed in the Carter years. Boom, car- Carter. Years. <laughs> you know this what I'm saying, uh? Yeah. It's a wonder we have a military industrial complex at all after Carter destroyed everything. <laughs> anyway. um, but uh, who are your friends? And there's these two random looking dudes walking up. And uh, Priestess introduced them. This is Kim Sum, a friend and instructor of mine, and Tony Panetta, my best student. <laughs> I think we'll fit your order. <laughs> now, who's your friend? And uh, it's... Uh, Gar and Priestess are introduced. Um, yeah, these two guys, Kim Sum and Tony Panetta, look like like guys who were like standing around in the bull marvel bullpen that day and they were like, quick, let me get a quick sketch of you. I, I need a random face for something.
0: Yeah, Tony is just like a dude with a mustache and like a giant sweatshirt. Like it just looks like
1: <laughs> maybe it's like Mark Ruinwald. I don't know. He had mm-hmm. a mustache. I don't know. Larry, Do you Amman. think all mustache
0: people look the same there, Stephen? Sorry,
1: <laughs> he uh he uh he points to the sky where there's this uh plane and says, That'll be our transport, get your equipment. And uh says, We got a hustle. So the plane lands and treetop rolls off. Come on, move it. We can't sit here forever. One's like, What are you doing? It's like, I said, i got get the transport. Here you go, Treetop Airlines at your service, and uh, so yeah, everyone's insisting they come along. Mal's is like, and that's that, where to now? Now we head for the Indian Ocean.
0: Hmm. You notice Treetop shaved his mustache off so you could tell him apart better.
1: <laughs> I, yeah,
0: Treetop had yeah. a
1: mustache on pages one to two, and now he's like. Well, I've got a job to do. I guess I got to look more professional. <laughs> Maybe that was the something extra he was talking about. Was the smooth face? <laughs> well, Gar, who has a goatee um, and one arm and legs, <laughs> and an not obvious like you're gonna scar, you're going to mix these guys up. I don't know. But
0: okay. Gar has the scar. <laughs> scar. <laughs> Treetop has a helicopter wheelchair.
1: Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So the next page, we have a nice splash of um, them hanging out at like at some sort of uh, airfield. Um, I guess it's Sergeant Major's got gathered a bunch of paratroopers together. Um, see a little bit in the background, and Priestess is practicing kendo, maybe with her two students. They're all in black, A little ninja training. Um, and uh, Mal and Gar and Treetop are hanging out. And Mal's asking, "What's he doing?" Said he had a call to make. Should be done in time. Sooner we get going, the better. So probably they had said they were headed for the Indian Ocean. So they're—you know—they're this is some sort of staging ground, and now it's time to go. Meanwhile, at the prison camp of Bandar Abbas, <clears throat> we uh, pop back in on Mark, who is maybe killing more rats. I don't know. And we have a couple of the guards talking. In uh, with those uh, marks, sort of separating out the the dialogue, and the um, asterisk translated from the Farsi. So, this is uh, them speaking in Iranian, and I to be honest, it's kind of. Um, You know, when you when you say like, oh, at this point they're speaking in Iranian, but uh, before, you know, were they always just speaking in English when you see them and stuff? It kind of breaks, breaks, breaks it out a little bit more. And you're like, "Um, okay, Um, they uh, the two guards are saying "Um, he's very quiet. He scares me somehow. And the other ones, he's an American, nothing to be afraid of, nothing at all. And besides, he'll be dead in the morning. Yeah. The other one is still scared of him, and Mark's giving him that glare.
0: Not like he can pick locks with rat bones or something,
1: can he? <laughs> he was in Vietnam for a long time, so who knows what kind of skills he learned. <laughs> That's what I assume he's doing at least. So <laughs> um we're now back in the airplane and uh the transport plane and Lynn is saying, it's three minutes, get ready. Have you guys ever jumped into the ocean before? And Priestess responds, I haven't ever jumped into anything before. (laughs) What? Anyway, talk about it later, and she just jumps on out. Now's as good a time to learn as any. She and (laughs) maybe her students are following her, just falling to the ground. Um, Well, looks like they made it, because they're all in the ocean in the next page. That was a fool thing to do and uh Lynn helps uh priestess up onto a one of those inflatable rafts in a uh, panel that looks remarkably like that Spider Woman by Milo Minara that was in <laughs> out a couple of a years ago very, very suggestive looking panel <laughs> Just you know that's that's how you get out of the water I don't know right
0: <laughs> one hand on each side of the. T- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um. Anyway, so she she says she you know didn't tell him because so he because he wouldn't have let her come otherwise. Mal is uh, rowing them and uh, telling him not to argue with women. So anyway, well, let's just get moving then. So they get they're out in the sea. It's nighttime and uh, it's Lynn, priestess, her students, and Mal in this raft. And uh, Lynn's and looking at binoculars and says, okay, there's an Iranian patrol boat ahead. We have to take it quietly. Show me what you got. And she flashes a shuriken and says, anytime, big boy, anytime. And he lends in the water. Hey, remember the plan. I'll swim under the boat. When you hear my signal, make your move. Good luck to you, Lynn Griffin. And... Yeah, they're like a long ways away and he's going to swim under the boat and those things are pretty big, but okay. <laughs> How far can she
0: throw those throwing stars anyway?
1: He gets over to the other side and uh he sees a one of the Iranians getting sick over the side of the of the uh the boat which uh you know right into the water where he's at. So
0: they don't have crazy. the best navy apparently.
1: Yeah, I'm like uh, Anyway, he, uh, he gets close enough to, to grab the guy and uh, pull him into the water. And uh, he's like, I hope my burlitz course worked. You know, the Language training. And he, he's shouting, I guess in Farsi, although he doesn't say that, man overboard. So there's the signal they say on the other side. So um, Priestess and her students are up on, on deck and she's shurikening, um perhaps the captain. And then there's a guy with a gun on them who gets a sword right through his forearm with Oof. a love of Allah. <laughs> in English, I don't know. And then he's just in the next panel just sort of standing there with half his arm missing. He's, and the, he's got
0: like a ghostly stump like, a, like it was a lightsaber or something.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I know they they have to be careful about how much like blood or something they show in comics. Code Authority days, but I don't know. It's um,
0: okay to slice off his arm, just not to show actual blood.
1: I guess. Um, so yeah, the guy Panetta was like was uh, saying you're getting careless, and Priestess says, "No, I knew you were there." So, a few minutes later, they're dumping bodies over the side of the boat. <laughs> Yikes. And uh, Lynn's thinking to himself, well, now it's Sergeant Major's turn. And back up on the plane, Sergeant Major has a bunch of guys who all also go out in parachutes. And the next page, we see that they are landing on Karg Island, Iran's shipment point to the world. Now, at this point, I got to say, I. I looked up and Carg Island is way back on the other side of Iran. It's 300 miles away from the Straits of Hormuz. So okay. as a diversion, it's not honestly that the best place to go, but okay. Um you're thinking like something close by that would withdraw would draw local troops and which is well, presumably, you know how good this team is at setting up decoys. <laughs> setting up is the word, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sergeant Major has a bunch of uh, commandos. Um, let's move it, shall we? No deaths by natural causes, eh? All right, gentlemen, let's make a little noise, shall we? Let's get there today. Machine guns all over the place. It's uh, I don't know, like a refinery or maybe just a shipping terminal. Um, they're making a big, you know. Diversion and uh, Mr. Bremby, if you please, guy comes up with a uh a bazooka. I thought for a second that was Gar, is it? I don't think so. I don't
0: know, no,
1: probably he doesn't not. have the goatee,
0: But uh, Yeah, it's tricky because you kind of only see him using one arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I guess what it, like my I, original I pity,
0: the, pity the poor guy because like he sets up the like. Bazooka rocket and then kind of stabilizes it on some other guy's shoulder, like so it's launching like right next to the poor man's ear.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's why I thought it was a one armed guy doing it, but um, okay. it's too yeah. hard to tell, I guess. And yeah, they didn't never called him Gar Bremby that I could tell. So good shot, Mr. Bremby, good shot indeed. And they're like, well, that should be enough, let's get out of here. And uh, back on the patrol boat, they, they can see this uh, conflagration going off. Looks like we got our diversion. Let's go. And there's some helicopters landing to pick up uh, Sergeant Major and his team. They can kind of see. So Priestess and the gang, with her with her sword drawn, she's looking very Electra now. uh, Jumping out there! Come on,
0: let's move it. Um, Maybe, maybe should have given her a pistol or something.
1: You know, it's a, it's always, yeah. I don't know. They, They, I mean, a sword looks cool, but I mean, yeah. When you actually hit someone with a sword, it's a mess, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. You always have to like downplay like the the. That element of it. Anyway, Mal is saying 30 seconds. So, you know, he's set some bombs off somewhere. And uh, meanwhile, back at the prison, the uh, guard with the turban and sees all this stuff on the horizon. Like there is trouble down at the shore. If anything happens here, kill the American immediately. Yes, sir. At once, sir. Now, again, it doesn't like mark this off as if it's in Farsi. So it's like, Let me go tell the guy in your cell that outside your cell in English that he's going to kill you in a second.
0: I don't, yeah, I guess they just forgot.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why I say it's it's they you'll see this sometimes where it's like you, you get oh, now they're speaking, so every other time they're in English, that doesn't always make sense. It's just a nitpick, I know, but um. So let's see, Mal and Lynn are still fighting their way through maybe a, the prison wall. Um, Priestess and her students are there. Now move fast, you gotta find Mark quickly. And the guard is now saying, got to kill the American. Got to. So it kill looks the like he's American, Mar-
0: kill the American, kill the American. <laughs> Time to go. They,
1: honestly, they've got a hundred songs that with those lyrics in around. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> You know, the great Satan must die. That was, like, top of the pops that year. Right.
0: It's all lounge kind of stuff, though, for some reason. It's just a uh, finger snap It's a little more
1: like techno now. Oh, okay. Kill <speaking in> the American. <background> okay. Like 80s German techno? Exactly. work. So, Priestess, Mal, and Lynn are... Oh, that must be the cell. The door's open. I hope we're not too late. If those buggers... Nope. Mark is in there and he has uh, killed this guard that was coming to kill him with his own chain and uh, is like, get this off my leg. There's a man I have to kill. Next issue. Retribution. Dun dun dun. I guess that's because of the man he needs to kill. Hmm. So Mark Hazard, or maybe just the Merc number 10. Mark kill count one. Um,
0: which isn't too bad if he was in prison the whole time
1: yeah I, I mean rats don't count but yeah it's a uh, you, you'd like to think that like uh, he's more like Hannibal Lecter like you have to keep him in a full body <laughs> cast or something or he's just gonna go nuts and kill more people all the t- anytime he can get his arms out Um, I don't know it's it's interesting I think that we're seeing as we get sort of closer to the end of the first year of the new universe that there's more extended stories than there were at the beginning of the new universe. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And we've had, uh,
0: the same writer on this for a while too. So,
1: yeah. So it feels like we're building something that like, even though Doug Murray was kind of, um, you know fishing around for an angle for the first two or three issues like now it's sort of coming together into this continuing story he wants to tell it's not really a story about mark hazard but yeah um still it's like in the beginning i don't know the, the you got a four issues together that work okay as a story and now i guess we'll have these eight as also the continuing story but
0: yeah, I'm definitely enjoying the that there are more slightly long-form stories. I didn't really mind the one-issue stories. It kind of worked, I think, in early Mark Hazard because like each story was a mission, and I think that kind of moves the timeline along fairly well, too. If things are a little self-contained, I'm not sure how careful they were or worried about the, uh, the universe timeline, you know, or like roughly... A month an issue kind of thing, which can honestly kind of hamper things. But, but yeah, I, I like that the stories are continual. I just don't like that it comes at the expense of our title character again. So
1: yeah, I don't want to. I mean, if you give me a new guy, you better. You, you have to do a better job of introducing him than like he's the coolest dude ever who's better than your title character in every way you, know, you just feel like it's
0: poochie and <laughs> well at least poochie was like in there with the rest of the group though right <laughs> not yeah. poochie didn't take over and call it and then change it
1: to the poochie show so you know i i Mark, yeah, was like a a promising character who you know you're feeling like his story arc and his conflicts aren't getting resolved. They're all being sort of overshadowed by the cool guy who, who rescued him. Oh, okay, well,
0: um, yeah, yeah, and there's no. I'm missing the inner monologue hard too, because we got Mark Hazard, but I mean, really in this issue, he's mostly just kind of sitting there, you know, looking menacing, doing stuff, you know, trying to kill people, trying to break out, but like not a lick of his thoughts of, you know, feeling bad about the guy who got killed, or like wondering if anybody's coming for him, or how is he gonna get out of here? Or, you know, maybe he misses his kid, you know, like there's nothing. No, no, no character. Just like the figure of mark hazard as like this dangerous guy but that's it he's the
1: macguffin of the story yeah so
0: Mm, yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's a thing
1: (sighs) i do like the
0: we got like the whole squad together like i think that's kind of a fun idea like everybody like i I made a list but but yeah like we were wondering if priestess was going to do something and you know she shows up and you know, just throw in the whole bag of mercenaries uh, but again there's not really any character development for any of them we don't really know anything about priestess. we don't really know anything about sergeant major other than he's british
1: and likes to shoot things right yeah they're i mean i think in a, in a, in in books like this you expect like at least a quick you know a quirk or something you know like Nell's australian slash new Zealandness and love of blowing things up yeah that's a, you know, that's a I thing intru-
0: i introduced him fine yeah and like yeah. treetop was kind of like the straight guy like took care of business you know tried to take things seriously and helped run the show which put him into conflict with mark hazard occasionally
1: and yeah so the the newer characters are coming up and they're not as developed even to that level. so hard to hard to get invested um they're not you know so far not paying a price you know we don't you would talked about at least one mission before where it's like action movie I think the one with doc where it was like no one on your side gets hurt you know is like Okay this, this is you know, action movie realism, not yeah. real realism. Yeah. So yeah, if um, I don't know, there's a few things we we we're still sort of missing here. Um, overall, it moves fast, um, and I mean. I like Graham Ora's art. It's a little stiff sometimes in the action scenes, but the figure work and face work I always like. Um, yeah. Sometimes it feels a bit like
0: like there's not a not great panel transition kind of stuff. I don't know when I'm reading it, it's like this thing happens and then this thing happens and then this thing happens. And there's
1: Yeah, no, man, I I have a little hard little time rigid. explaining
0: it, but there's there's little flow, I suppose. Right. Okay. But anyway, yeah, the the, the the figures do look nice, um, and there is a story which
1: is good. <laughs> so, There's I don't know. I'll leave it down part. at B minus as, as as like um, it's 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 continuing, but you know, it could be improved in various ways. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to to keep
0: reading the saga of occasionally mark hazard or just some kind of mark apparently um yeah i would i'll would, I would go c plus
1: yeah. well let's see back to the universe news we had the question posed if you had the power or abilities of the main hero you write what would you do with it and the for doug murray the Merck writer if I had Mercs. yeah, which one? <laughs> if I had Merk's abilities, I would be more inclined to use them in a domestic situation rather than in a foreign country. There's more that can be done here.
0: Hmm. More killing in the states—is that what he's advocating for?
1: <laughs> we'll get to uh, the uh, kicker's writer in a minute, which is similarly uh, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you mean by that, uh, Doug? Uh, a lot of uh, suppressing um, violent separatists out in um, Idaho or whatever. Some, uh, <laughs> Ruby Ridge uh, incident you have in mind, there, buddy? <laughs> um, bulldoze over some uh, Christian uh, fundamentalists in Waco, Texas. I don't know. What do you? Got? What's what's your plan, buddy? <laughs> what what could go wrong what could go wrong That's yeah i don't did. know because like,
0: what, what do you do with mark hazard's skill set right i mean that that was kind of the the struggle in the beginning of the story right like he's like all he really knows is sort of combat he's got this great skill set for you know <laughs> killing people and going on missions and such but back in real life that doesn't really relate to anything right so he can't relate to his family and it broke apart um, because that's the only thing he knows how to do and and, yeah, what do you even do with that skill set back home right security guard (laughs) like the the world's best security system mark hazard is guarding your place i don't
1: know yeah i mean it's not like uh uh, what is it sylvester stallone cobra you know like most police uh, are not, like, combat uh, missions, whatever. I mean, right. SWAT teams are not.
0: I mean, you certainly don't want them to be shoot first.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, being, like, combat first heavy here in the States really presents a lot of uh, moral dilemmas that I don't think... Um, well, let's just say yeah, it's it's easier to sort of push that stuff off uh, overseas and be like, oh well, you know, there was a war going on there anyway, so you know. yeah. But I guess I mean, even though
0: it's almost kind of like a bigger veterans' issue, right? Like you, you're in the service for ten years, you're an expert at what you know, deadly combat drones or. Fixing attack helicopters, and it's like, okay, so now what do I do with that skill set that is very specific to this one thing? And we don't use any of the same equipment that in the real world that the, you know, the Marines or the U.S. Army does. Like now what? So,
1: you know, I think Mark uh, was part of his backstory was leaving West Point or something. Like he, he had like a proud tradition, and then he just walked away to like be actual in in country. In Vietnam. So maybe being an instructor there is like something useful. Um,
0: Yeah. I'll just go back and read issue one again for next month's (laughs) issue. Like we had like the ghostly images of his parents, like scolding him and stuff. That was
1: good stuff. Uh, Let's just say if I was to uh, think of the world as increasingly militarized, if there were upcoming wars and drafts, Mark Hazard would play an increasingly prominent role in the new universe. Just me. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. But knock off uh, your
0: weird foreshadowing.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, I don't I don't know. What is it? NCIS. I mean they're like military people solving crimes on that are vaguely military cult co- connected. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know never watched that show yeah it's <laughs> at some point I know I watched it but it's been going on for like 20 years now apparently so I have no idea at what point it was um, anyway uh, we will be back with the uh, uh, Kickers Inc and uh, take a look at that in a moment but uh, for now let's take a quick break
0: enjoy your interlude music Okay. Welcome back. Time for Kickers Inc. number 10. So uh, same dates, uh, cover date, August 87. Uh, seems to have hit the newsstands May 5th, 1987. So we're getting ready for the summer of new universe, 1987. Woohoo! Um, of course, this issue in this month has been brought to you by sodium pentothal. If <laughs> you ever Demo. need to get answers, dope them <laughs> up with some <laughs> sodium pentothal. <laughs>
1: American Big Pharma is really pushing that stuff for a while there.
0: I hear it's over the counter now. You don't even need a prescription. So.
1: Wow. I'm about to look into this sodium pentothal. Your neighbor
0: borrowed your saw and you know, he says he gave it back. Time to break out the sodium pentothal. <laughs> That'll make more sense later because it does in fact show up in this issue. Right, so that's the joke. And if you didn't listen to our Spitfire and the Troubleshooters number 10. Now's a good time to go back and listen to that one before you come back and then hear this joke again and something, something, something.
1: I should have used the uh, joke about the uh, falling out the airplane without being prepared from it uh, from yeah. Spitfire number 9 in our discussion five minutes ago of Mark Hazard Merc number 10. But
0: anyway. hey, Jenny Swenson's got that combat training that just you don't just get at ninja school you get it at MIT. Maybe they have an ROTC program. I don't know. Something. I know they
1: did. Yeah. 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 But um, would they put their physics professors through it? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, it was like Harvard invented napalm, right? Like tested it out on the soccer field. It's kind of the famous story. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all combat week this time, really. I mean, we had a brief interlude with um, some native mysticism, uh, in force but uh, a good reason to listen to all the podcast episodes because we get to make these fun connections, and, and maybe we're writing our new contest questions now. Like, you know, what's the name of the of the truth serum
1: chemical and things like that. Hmm. Maybe How many should... of the books end up in in uh, Afghanistan before we're done?
0: Yeah, at this point, it's which books haven't been to Afghanistan? Cyforce, <laughs> justice. Not much else, <laughs> yeah, no, good point. Anyway, uh, just trying to delay talking about kickers in because there's no football this issue.
1: Like, you know, I'm sorry that this ended back up on your doorstep. Uh, I know I, I'm supposed to take over the issues that are like no football. Yeah,
0: you're our resident combat expert. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, you're our foreign accent guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, at least i
1: have one skill good yeah. okay. you
0: could be vargas today <laughs> Is that
1: jeff dunham the guy with the puppets and
0: the- oh was popular for a
1: minute yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so yes yeah, kickers inc number 10 um yeah a little bit of a diversion from our usual uh kickers Ink covers um it's a lot of black. You've got Jack Magnaconti in the in the front looking like he's kind of coming through a jungle with a guy slung over his shoulder and a pistol in his hand and a whole bunch of guns pointed at him. Um, yes, yeah, so it's dark. It's green. It's gritty. Uh, it's not a happy-go-lucky uh, Kickers, Inc. kind of mission this time. Uh, covered by Texiera and Nolan. Uh, it's pretty good. It looks nice.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Kevin Nolan's... Uh inking is always, it is always great. Um, very dramatic lighting. Yeah, so, I mean, here's, so if, if you're
0: feeling a little light from the combat from Mark Hazard Merck, you know, we got some serious action in this issue to make up for it. So, yeah, so open the page. We start with uh, Stan Lee presents Kicker's Ink in Deadly Force. And so, yeah, this this cover, this issue, this title, I mean, this, this this should be a uh, Chuck Norris movie, right? Like he mm-hmm. like POW or Missing in Action or something. I forget what the name of his series was. Um was some Delta
1: Force. Yeah, missing Delta, in Action.
0: Yeah. Missing in Action. I think. Like where, for some reason he, they always need to send Chuck Norris in to rescue, you know, POWs because he's the only one
1: willing to do it or the only one. Everyone else hates up. POWs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of losers. I don't know why they got themselves captured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> anyway.
0: Careful, you're going to get elected. <laughs> uh, so we start off, and so the opening splash page is uh, an airplane going down, basically. Um, looks like it's, it's starting to kind of skim the treetops, uh, some birds kind of flying out of their way uh it says San Leandro a quiet little island situated in the Caribbean Sea um i couldn't find that as a real island did you look
1: i didn't cuz i'm i was 100% sure it wasn't um no. San Leandro is also a uh, City suburb in California, of California, right yeah it's in the east bay it's where like a friend's parents live so it just it just you know that name just says that suburb boring Little town to me. Um yeah. It's I, I, it's Central America or Caribbean, you know, one of these little like Cuba, but it's two miles wide kind of fictional islands. I
0: don't know. Right. Yeah, I was kind of like DC comics would have like their stand in Middle Eastern country, like Karak or something like that. And like there's was, always there these kind of phony ones where you know they were kind of copying. Things from real life, but I was kind
1: of expecting New Universe to have a real, real place. But I guess not. It's you know what. At some point, we should go back through and like the things that the New Universe steered away from reality, where it'd be like the the football teams' names or uh, names of countries that they visited and things like that. It's interesting where they choose to diverge from outside your window
0: yeah it makes me think it actually would be kind of fun to have like a map like a real basic world map where you could kind of like put little pins in all the in- all the places where uh stories happened kind of thing mm-hmm. maybe that's a little over the top but it would be fun <laughs>
1: if i ever get around to that there's a cool. google maps link we can put on the site
0: oh yeah you could totally drop pins and like you know mark hazard killed 13 revolutionaries here <laughs> everybody's like what <laughs>
1: Anyway, start an international incident if people uh, take it the wrong way. Who is this, Mark Hazard?
0: (laughs) Anyway, so uh, we've got some narration. Um, Top level US government boys as the perfect. So this place is chosen as a site for low flight maneuvers in their new toy, the F 20 Stealth Fighter, uh, which was a real thing. Uh, though it looks a little different than the plane we have here um, but um yeah i
1: this think is... yeah it was like i don't know, five or 10 years later before that thing became public right
0: it was five or 10 years later that we had like the stealth fighter like that black
1: thing yeah that real right, angular looking thing with all those cool
0: angles that look like from the future but i think the f20 was um like a more traditional-looking fighter jet kind of plane, at least from real quick internet searches. Like there was, mm-hmm. there was a, like a 1975 to 1980s kind of one. So, no. 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 anyway, um, so you know, we open the page, kind of cut in, and so we got two pilots there
1: uh, oh, who are sorry. running into
0: some trouble.
1: Can I back up for a sec. Yeah. The credits.
0: Oh. Somebody wrote this, right? So yeah, Adam Blaustein with script, uh, Rod Wiggum pencils, uh, DeZuniga with inks, and we got diverse hands again as letters, which was always kind of a fun one.
1: Yeah, so this, you may remember the uh, about issue five that we were promised a Kicker's Ink Mark Hazard crossover that yeah. was to be written by Adam Blaustein. And um, I'm guessing this was the revised version of that.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because yeah. there's a fighter plane that's crashing. Though, I mean, that's a little bit of a spoiler, right? We don't know that the Kickers
1: Inc. are going to go and try and rescue the pilots yet. Could be no reason at all. We started off Kickers Inc. with that, but um, <laughs> so <laughs> this has been a yeah a thing we we were promised a while ago, and it's yeah, I was
0: looking to forward to it. So hopefully, it lives up to the hype. Anyway. I say full exactly, knowing full well that I've already read it. <laughs> yeah, so so two pilots. Um their ship actually looks, you know, really rounded. Like the wings aren't sort of like pointed like normal jet wings. It looks very much like a G.I. Joe Phantom uh, airplane thing that used to exist, though I never had. Um as far as things go, which was kind of their envision of the, the stealth jet again before that '90s stealth fighter, stealth bomber kind of thing came uh, came out. Um, but yeah, they, they basically you know took, maybe sucked some birds into the engine. I, I feel like they uh, that doesn't make any sense without having a forward facing uh, engine in the plane. But anyway, uh, it goes down. The pilots are kind of knocked out, and it's kind of sinking into the water as um, these patrol boats full, filled with green-clad guys uh, start kind of swooping in. So they were on the ready, apparently. No no indication what really made it go down. Uh, maybe they're just not very good pilots, as far as we know. <laughs> no Hal Jordan, I guess. <laughs> so that just sets the scene in the beginning. Uh, so we get to days later in Queens. Uh, we've got Kickers. And I don't remember a Robert Barnes. Do you?
1: No, good question. Um, Closest thing I could think of was two issues ago, the guy who was following Jack. Yeah. Um, That
0: that felt tied into um, like someone figuring out about his powers because they were investigating the incident on the airplane where he stopped the hijackers kind of thing. So, But yeah, he has that kind of gray... Reed Richard's hair thing going on, which made that connection. But I guess it's just a new character.
1: Um, yeah. So I mean, it's interesting the way they they introduce him there. Yeah. <laughs> um, our new company gumshoe. <laughs> and then there's an asterisk, and we're like, "Oh, this will explain where they pick this guy up." No, it just explains what gumshoe He's is. Detective. <laughs> okay
0: at least give us like the meaning behind the word gumshoe like there must be some reason why that stupid name became detective Uh, but anyway uh so robert barnes is their new company detective or gumshoe as the editor might tell us did that in reverse um isn't today here golf day which is kind of funny Uh, yeah he's basically introducing some woman named barb and saying all right we got a, a big case going on. Uh, so I'd like you to meet Barbara Diaz. And earlier on the pilot's helmet, you saw the name Diaz. Um, and so she's kind of giving the weeping woman routine, uh, which we get a bit in this issue uh, from a variety of characters. She's like, had nowhere else to go. And he's like, but we're a bunch of football players, but I guess, you know, we're dedicated to helping people just like, like please, like this is serious, my husband. Um, and then instead of her just explaining it, they flash
1: back to,
0: <laughs> you know, her. Ex- he
1: mansplains it for her. Oh, he totally
0: does. Uh, they flash back to like her showing up at the detective's house. So, or yeah, I guess the Kickers ink gumshoe. Um, said so her husband and his business partner right, were missing. Um, and so he kind of brings... Brings the the woman to Kicker's Inc. As far as things go, um, and so then the story gets kind of weird. Uh, so we're kind of thinking it's the pilot and the crash pilot. Though they don't quite say that. Say, you know, her husband owns a trading company. His plane went down off the coast of San Leandro, right? The fictional island, not the suburb of California. Uh, pilots are alive and they received a ransom from some um power hungry goon named vargas um, so you know he says for the release of the hospi- hostages I, I i shall accept a mandatory donation to my government of 1 million american dollars uh, it's a little bit like dr evil there it's like i want 1 million dollars
1: <laughs> bunch of pesos show up on your doorstep <laughs>
0: And, you know, it you know, gives him the location. Uh, and yeah, so suicide's a little skeptical there. Why does he expect a million dollars from two small fry art dealers? Level with me. Is your husband into something nasty like running drugs?
1: <laughs> what?
0: Does he have any? <laughs> She yells at him. She's an honest man, a loyal American, and a good father. was a low-life football player like you get off accusing anyone of anything? It's like, hey, you're going to football players for help. Come on, lady.
1: <laughs> Ouch. But suicide yeah, ends up okay. Oh, I mean, right at the beginning there, her husband, Esteban, owns a small trading company which deals in in imported Caribbean folk art. And you have this. Image of him taking like a little statue out of a crate or something. Stocking the gift shops. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I think the Hidalgo trading company is a reference to like Doc Savage or something, but that's a little before my time.
0: Mm, yeah, uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> but I mean that it's not the like greatest cover story I've ever heard either. So yeah, suicide is actually right here for being rude because they're like are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. I mean that would be clearly something you'd go to like the embassy for that country for and the government and such or search yeah. and rescue. <laughs> something something a little different. <laughs> I like that suicide ends up kind of impressed though, like that she sassed him back as far as things go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, all right, you know, you know, you know, we'll confer and we'll get back to you. Um, you know, see. So Talks with them about, you know, it's a tough situation. You know, there could be real gunplay on this mission. Real gunplay, understand? Guns with bullets. Real guns.
1: Using deadly force. And force. Bullets. That's deadly. Gunplay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it gets into a, a little monolog and, and it's kind of important. Like, Kicker's Inc. is not about killing people or being killed. <laughs> oh. Maybe we should have put being killed first. <laughs> however that woman has nowhere else to go or so she tells us (laughs) it's like right that's what we're here for so bricks like but are are we really ready for this type of mission we're football players not gun-toting mercenaries if only we could have a tie-in with some other new year universe comic to help us out
1: (laughs) wow gun-toting mercenary you say oh
0: (laughs) man that's probably exactly where like you know something would happen like perhaps the original story had them kind of meeting in the middle on accident or um yeah i can't think of a particularly good reason why like they would work together i don't feel like mark hazard would take kicker zinc very seriously but
1: yeah i think i mean you could imagine them sort of meeting up in the in the middle of the jungle or something and somehow splitting the duties but as it's sort of structured it's there's the getting the pilots in this thing and they said something like the mark hazard one was like getting the plane out or something so maybe right. it, was, it was the underwater mark hazard that we all
0: <laughs> yeah a really cool story could have been too where like they're both in the same uh, situation but they never meet each other but like you get to see like the aftermath of like the kickers having busted up the place and mark hazard or like you know s- some kind of play on that could have been kind of fun
1: right right it'd be like um resident evil 4 where like you go on the ada missions and you yeah. want to see from the other side like oh mark hazard like put a sniper rifle bullet through this guy's you know guards just at the right time blah 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 yeah I
0: don't know. nice Resident Evil reference <laughs> that's the best of the series I think too so go out and play that one this issue is brought to you by sodium pentothal and Resident Evil <laughs> uh, alrighty but yeah, so you know, I, you know, all right, Brick, you know, that's why I've decided to go alone. So Jack's gonna just try and be the hero here. It's like I'm the only one with enhanced strength. I'm bulletproof. It's got a point. Um, it's like, but suicide alone against an army of gorillas, and they call me suicide. Uh, Darlene's worried and like, uh, are you sure you're immune to high caliber ammunition? <laughs> don't really want to
1: test that out so just assume not yeah
0: yeah you definitely don't want to test that out <laughs> uh, so they kind of talk about that like the you know different ammunition is and uh, eventually jack kind of gets to like i'm the quarterback and he pops a football with his superhuman strength um and basically, kind of agrees to let them come along, but he's going to set the rules, right? So, Dasher, you hire the seaplane, right? So, they don't have treetop. Uh, Rick, make sure everyone stays on the plane. Uh, suicide, you handle the music. Uh, <laughs> Darlene, snacks. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't really give them jobs, does he?
1: <laughs> suicide, you do the training montage. Darlene, you do the...
0: A lot, of, a lot of like tying the headband around the forehead kind of thing is what we need here, really. So you, you're you on headbands. Actually, Darlene would be on headbands. She's the only one wearing hers. <laughs> but yeah, so like, all right, I'm the only one. So And if I don't show up back in three hours, uh, take off and return in, in a day. Return in 24 in case I'm only delayed. <laughs> don't leave me forever, Treetop. Uh, all right, and swear to that. And, they, and you get a fun panel where they're all... Uh, you can see all their backs, and they're like, we swear, and every single one of them has their fingers crossed. <laughs> you can't just normally lie. <laughs> so after that, you know, they're kind of getting ready, uh, putting on their kicker's outfits. Uh, they've got some Kevlar vests now, and Suicide is ridiculously excited about them. Um,
1: you know. It's it's uh, strong arms level excitement. He thinks oh, it this is totally. like a superpower. Yeah.
0: I'm now bulletproof too, Jack. <laughs> What do you got? Woo! Rick's pretty strong. <laughs> uh, and, and Dasher, of course, is Dasher. He's like, oh, these vests are ugly as far as things go. And then we get a little bit of Weepy Darlene. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm still worried. You're taking a big risk. I, I know we're we're against using deadly force, but shouldn't you carry a gun or something just in case? Um, uh, unarmed, you'll be at their mercy. If you get hit with enough automatic firepower, caliber won't matter. You'll die. I have no intention of getting shot and i don't see any reason to carry a gun like you don't what <laughs> i'm gonna sneak in free the hostages you know use all of my football quarterback stealth skills that i've learned over the years and i'll never be discovered <laughs> so ooh, oh, solid Jack.
1: snake here yeah
0: okay. he's totally going solid snake like right? snake never cup starts with any equipment just a pack of smokes <laughs>
1: Just drop me off, and it's there's some acronym for like getting all your stuff on site. I yeah,
0: think. procure on site. Yeah, leave no trace of American equipment and those kind of things.
1: Uh, episode brought to you by Sodium Pentothal.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so we get a little peek of Jack's sort of internal struggle. You know, again, up until now he's been really kind of you know. Other than the mission with the robot, you know, he's really kind of felt bad every time he's had to use his powers, either to kind of cheat at football or when he was accidentally hurting people um, and, and using the, the
1: them. The poor stewardess, yeah.
0: yeah. It didn't hurt the stewardess, though. She
1: basically shot herself, right? Yeah, well, hurt by his own careless misuse of his strange new powers. I don't know. Those I guess. <laughs> So we got another
0: cargo plane. Mark, we have this big cargo plane full of mercenaries. Here we got a big plane full of kickers. Uh, apparently none of these countries have particularly good uh, radar or defenses. Um, I guess I can kind of buy it in San Leandro uh,
1: and there, you know. Mm-hmm. This is like a seaplane, though. I don't think the other one was could land on water. So that's, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, Jack, Jack. Jack is still
0: confident at this point. You know, if I'm not back in three hours, like, well, do you even know how long it takes to walk there, Magna um, <laughs> a,
1: did, Yeah, he just pulled three hours out of his uh, wherever, Right? He's got a satchel, and maybe a, a drink of water. It's like how long it what takes I before I need a snack. I don't know. Like, let's it's, assume that
0: one. It's probably got some granola bars in there. I don't know. Yeah. What do they keep in the Kicker's Ink pouches? We don't know. So she gets a tearful goodbye from Darlene as she sends her husband into a dangerous combat zone to find out whether or not he really is bulletproof for all different types of bullets. Uh, <laughs> jumps into uh, you know one of those inflatable rafts and kind of paddles himself off, um, and then yeah, we've been kind of making fun, but then the realism starts to kick in a bit. Uh, two hours and sixteen minutes later, so he's been tromping through the jungle. He's like, what was I thinking? I'm not even sure what I was looking for. I don't know where this place is. I got no recon, no map. I've never been in a jungle before. You know, Spending all of his time trying to not make a lot of noise. Uh, well, good thing this rainstorm started loud enough to cover my noise. Uh, I can move a little faster. And, and he finally sees something. So he comes across some lights uh, and, and a base uh, coming out from the jungle. Um so notice there was uh, a barred window in one of the buildings, thinking that must be where they're keeping Diaz. And he kind of peeps in through the window uh, at a, a kind of goofy scene here. So there's two guys tied up in chairs who are the pilots. Um, and he says he recognizes that one guy's face from the news. It's Vargas. And Vargas is a straight up cartoon character here. <laughs> He's got like some kind of generic, like military, like officer kind of gear with like the medals and the gold bands around. Uh, They're giving him, they're giving him the, they've got a classic nurse outfit lady ready to inject these guys. And uh, Vargas has kind of got a funny twirl mustache, you know, mostly bald head, and apparently is never without food. So. As most somewhat overweight guys, they just always have food in their hands, right? (laughs) It looks like he's eating a bowl of macaroni or of uh, like mashed potatoes with his fingers. So, get an idea, like who's going to follow this guy anyway? What does he have over these people, (laughs) Vargas? Yeah, Vargas is weird. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, Hector, we've been through through a great deal, eh? Uh, sodium pentothal, the truth drug, DM. Uh, it costs very little money to purchase, right? Especially with this good RX coupon that I had. Uh, and yet it shall bring us a fortune. It was the hand of destiny that brought us the American plane. The Russians will pay handsomely for its secrets. So Jack's like, sodium pentothal? Maybe I should get some of that. no. As he's peeping and, and listening, apparently they're also all speaking English for the convenience of the plot. And he's like, Russians? Secrets? What's going on here? I thought they just wanted all of his native folk art trinkets. What about the ransom
1: money? Oh, we all know about the folk art in the Caribbean. It's big. <laughs> yeah, the San Leandro <sighs> folk art guild
0: has got no one to do their distribution anymore. But anyway, so uh, the, the place is left poorly guarded and Jack can uh, put his powers to good work and he basically just rips the bars out of the window um, with, with that much noise. He maybe just go around to the front door, but uh, so yeah, he just rips the bars off the window, hops in. Uh, apparently there's no glass or he just took the whole window, uh, grabs the two pilots, slings them over his shoulder and kind of walks him out into the jungle uh, to start his escape um, so he puts puts the guys down to check his watch and notices their air force right they're wearing flight suits uh, so again that woman's cover story is is pretty well uh, crunched at this point and he checks his watch and all right three hours seven minutes oh <laughs> so the, he's assuming then that the kickers left him and, and followed his orders and flew off and so I gotta find a place to hide these guys. They're so drugged up; it'll be hours before they can get be any use, thanks to sodium pentothal. Um, and I've got a couple dozen questions they can answer. I get to the bottom of this, but um, do I invade their privacy since they're the government? You know. So he's not really sure what to do at this point. You're a U.S. citizen, Jack. You have all the right in the world to petition your government for grievances. Right, and they're already doped up on sodium pentothal, so they might just give him all the facts. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks to sodium pentothal.
1: <laughs> on sale now. Government Radio. may not have the truth, but sodium pentothal does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to question some crashed
0: airports pilots? Get yourself some sodium pentothal on sale at CVS. All right, I'm running that joke into the ground. Sorry. <laughs>
1: so yeah um so some sodium pentothal from sigma let me see
0: (laughs) probably can't order it (laughs) i'm guessing it's a controlled substance so uh at that moment so we, we cut to the kickers and uh of course they left darlene behind even though we saw her slinging an assault rifle in issue two um and But the rest of the football players, uh, Dasher, Suicide, and Brick Wall, have landed and you know, taken separate um, boats to shore. Do you think Jack's going to be mad about us not following his orders? They're like, Quiet down. The whole island doesn't have to know we're here. And again, Suicide's got his super confidence. He's like, I got a Kevlar vest. <laughs> like, why don't they give these to the army? Like, no one would ever be killed. Flawless logic. Um, They also have some kind of like laser flashlights, which is weird. Um, So Dasher calls it an electric stun gun, but it really looks like a flashlight. And it's kind of like shooting out this wavy beam of electricity. So not like a stun gun that works on a wire. Um, So a little strange, but it's it's pretty fun. And I think one of my favorite panels is... um, near the, the last two on page 11, where you got suicide with this grin on his face and kind of rain dripping down. And, uh, Brick's like, he's just hiding it. real Or, uh, you know, so we're scared of course. And Brick says, of course you are me too. Suicide's probably frightened to death. You know, he's just hiding it real well. Ain't that right? Suicide. And he's grinning and says, yep. He's like, I've been hiding it real well. And he pulls like an Uzi machine gun out of his little satchel. <laughs> <laughs> His devious plan is to be the only one that's even slightly prepared for this kind of mission. I
1: like, I like that suicide is like, um, it's like the most dangerous game. He's like a rich guy who finally gets a chance to hunt the living, the greatest, you know, target of all living people <laughs> here on San Leandro. He can, all these years, he's been a rich, successful athlete, but has he ever really tested himself on the greatest, um, Test of all if he can gun down (laughs) unarmed civilians.
0: (laughs) Hmm, What's going on, suicide? It was an iced tea movie, right? Like they kidnapped him and, you know, set him loose in the woods and all those rich guys were chasing after him, but they didn't reckon with how dangerous he really was, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there's a I mean, I'm sure that, 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 it's been made a couple times. Yeah. I think ice was one of them. There was like a maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin one too. I don't know. Oh, jeez. You really don't want to mess with him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you... you, I, I like... It, you know, They just called me suicide. It should have been homicide.
0: <laughs> yeah, we thought he was just more like a prankster, maybe a little bit of a ladies' man, you know, kind of like life and adventure but yeah now he's got a taste of the bloods the bloodlust.
1: <laughs> it's a yeah let's let's see if this darkness envelops suicide let's <laughs> begin
0: i'm sure everything will go well for
1: him <laughs> <laughs> this is the only problem they've had i'm sure yes <laughs> uh, they did leave darlene back on the plane though so
0: of course they did i think she has like I was saying, she she's actually fired a gun in the Kicker's Inc. comic before against uh, the fist funny. and such. But anyway, far cry from taking on that big robot suit. Um, so uh, hopefully the other Kicker's team figure they can actually locate Jack in some way. Um, but they take off into the woods and we cut to uh, Vargas and the San Leandrin Revolutionary Guard or whatever we have got here. Uh, and they finally realized that the pilots have escaped. Uh, the bars have been torn from the wall. It's like, imbecile, I have eyes. No one escapes from Colonel Gustavo Vargas. You know, especially no snacks escape from Colonel <laughs> Gustavo Vargas. <laughs> it's like, And then he says, aha, those brightly colored uniforms in the jungle. They must be the rescue team. So, like, he spots the kickers because they're wearing their blue and white suits with their red flare into the combat mission. Oh, sorry, Kickers.
1: Yeah, Kickers really needs a uh, a camo version of that. I mean... Yeah. Brightly colored.
0: (laughs) I would have thought Dasher would have been on that, but anyway, so like, two of them take shots, two of the Kickers take shots with their weird laser tasers, Uh, and take out two guards, but there's a bunch behind them that open fire and they all kind of hit the deck. Um, Suicide's ready to kind of start shooting back, but he just takes a bunch of bullets in the chest. Uh, The Kevlar vest, thankfully. Um, So convenient for him that he got shot in his Kevlar vest, but he's kind of down for the count. And at that point, it seems like the kickers pretty much just give up. So once he's been shot, I think that's kind of like, <gasps> okay, this is a little real. Uh, things did not go well. Uh, and Vargas is like, well, well, that was simple. Uh, now <laughs> you and your friends will be my prisoners. I do not know who you are yet. I do know that you are not very intelligent. <laughs> oh, the guy's calling us dumb.
1: <laughs> Ouch.
0: And so, you know, Jack hears the gunfire, and he's like, oh no, can it be? I told them not to come to shore. I should go investigate. You know, so he kind of like stashes the pilots under some leaves um, and finds the Vargas and the army kind of tromping the kickers through the forest. Uh so he stops in to kind of listen, and Vargas with a baby Ruth candy bar, I guess, in his hand, and like bits of caramel on his lips uh do not worry it'll be very easy to answer all of my questions it was very difficult to pull information out of your pilot friends i had i had to be gentle with them i needed them to remain healthy i needed them alive they were very valuable alive the soviets or the americans would have paid plenty for them i have no such concerns where you were involved and suicide's like you know something smiley in this light you look just like an orangutan you must be a real fruitcake if you think you can get a million bucks for a couple of knick-knack dealers. Oh, right. So like he doesn't know that the Americans are uh, pilots. You know, he's thinking again, they're full cart guys. And So Vargas gives him a big smack across the face. Also he loses a chunk of his candy bar in the process. So it's a high cost to pay uh, silence. You naive cretin. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand your babbling. Can you be as ignorant as you seem? i think not i believe there's more to this exactly what i cannot guess i go to my breakfast now i leave you to decide your fate (laughs) it's like what's with this guy and eating (laughs) breakfast i think it's still nighttime i don't know madness but it's a little funny that this like cartoonish bad guy is just savaging the kickers for how dumb they are like wandering (laughs) into the forest with blue and white gear and not really having any weapons or knowing what in the world is going on in the situation. So,
1: first I thought you were CIA, but you're too stupid. I don't understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, and then we get kind of a cool scene where, you know, Jack has to come to the rescue. And again, this is super uh, 80s action film, you know, missing in action kind of stuff where, all right, now there's a bunch of prisoners. He's got to rescue, go back and rescue his kicker's buddies, you know. So there's this base and a lot of guards and a lot of things going on. So he can kind of break in and try and save the day. Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, he breaks into their medical spot. You know, he's got alcohol and live ammo. He's got some kind of sedative. Uh, so he tranquilizes their water system uh, to poison everybody. And, you know, kind of sets up like an explosion, uh, basically uh, lighting on fire a bunch of ammunition to kind of create a distraction. So he, he's finally feeling a little crafty. It's uh, getting a little MacGyver here. And no sodium pentafil to be seen. But anyway, uh, so we got the guards kind of like eating, I guess, breakfast. Uh, and one guy's kind of tired he's like oh i already had four cups of coffee and you know, everybody's eating kind of crashes down uh, and falls asleep and then the, then the rest of the guards who weren't uh, start to hear gunshots uh, out in the woods and kind of run out and you know, gather up the firepower uh, so again they're not the best at actually guarding things like let's send everybody out to run <laughs> um so it works and um jack's able to kind of find the kickers, break them loose, um, tells them about their diversion. Um, But as he goes out to take the kickers back to where the pilots were, um, it looks like some guards had found them. So he has to kind of rush the guards and they do shoot at at him with their uh, automatic weapons and high caliber machine guns. And we find out he is still kind of bulletproof. So he kind of crosses his arms and runs out them. He doesn't have Captain America's shield to kind of make things work as far as that goes. Um, So he eats the bullets on his forearm. He's able to take the bullets, but it hurts a lot. Uh, Rips the gun out of the guy's guy's arms and kind of cracks him over the face with it. so things are getting real, and but Jack has managed to kind of save the day in this case. Um, and, you know, I guess the kickers didn't really accomplish anything other than getting themselves into trouble, and uh, Jack kind of gives them a hard time. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to be a team, you have to start listening to me. You know, that's not how a yeah, team it, your kicker is not
1: troubleshooters.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. Um, just like you do on the playing field, the difference is this isn't a game the deadliest game you understand. What are you guys staring at? It's like, oh, behind you. Um, so again, there's a lot of guards, and this is kind of one of Jack's moments. So he hesitates for only a second. It seems like an eternity. Kill, be killed, no choice, right? So here's that narration I've been missing out of Mark Hazard Merck here. And he says, no. He cuts loose with a spray of, of rifle, using the rifle in the least fatal way he can think of the treetop method. So basically, takes <laughs> all these guys out below the knee.
1: They'll be my friends again someday, as I only crippled them.
0: Just need to call in some of those IOUs. The shrill cries of agony from the soldiers stab him in the gut. They pierce his flesh in a way no bullet could. Oh, geez, come on, man! At least you saved your friends, <laughs> Jack. We made it to the beach. You did it. You did it. Almost did hmm yeah so they were rushing rushing to the boat uh to get to their plane um again pretty pretty classic action movie 80s setup they're fleeing there's guards chasing him on land there's a patrol boat swooping in with machine guns like pretty cool setup uh through his binoculars jack watches in horror as the seaplane's pilot is mercilessly cut down so oh no nameless pilot guy goes down um Good thing they but at two- least
1: he got away from the island without having to kill anyone.
0: <laughs> what doing anyway? He's just hanging out the door, waving at them, basically. Like, shouldn't <laughs> you be in the cockpit or something? And then Darlene sees the guy die, pokes her head out of the same doorway where the guy just got mowed down and starts waving. Um,
1: Hi, so- Jack!
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's why she- they left her behind. <laughs> She's all of a sudden helpless. Uh, he sees Darlene, his wife. He sees the armed gorillas taking aim. This time, there's no other way out of the situation. One choice. <laughs> right, machine gun sounds. We got the brackacacac. Uh, the gorillas are frozen in a twisted tableau of death. Time stands still. Today, he has killed. <laughs> Dawn, the birth of a new day. Yesterday is dead, much like the gorillas. <laughs>
1: that you killed <laughs> with your <Yeah>. gun <laughs> to the death.
0: <laughs> this is like a were- long
1: ways away from them but okay, whatever.
0: Jack's got some aim though, really, right? So, so I guess maybe super strong right, so you can really kind of hold back any kind of recoil and something. Oh, yeah. something. yeah, so Jack had to do some killing today um, and but apparently they just wiped out all of the rebels or maybe not so much. They take a moment to kind of chat. Um, and Jack's kind of pissed that he had to murder a bunch of people uh, though. I guess, you know, perhaps they had it coming. Uh, the Pilots like we owe you gratitude. Stow it. Stevens, you owe us some answers. I want to know right now exactly what's going on. We've been lied to and used. I want to find out why. And I've got some pretty good guesses. Uh, though, to be fair, the pilots just crashed their plane. They don't really know why a crack team of football mercenaries got sent to rescue them. In fact, they might be a little dis- disappointed that the government just sent some football players to get them instead of actual uh, Navy SEALs or something.
1: <laughs> so, maybe. Should... But he still kind of cops an attitude with them. It's like, it does. <laughs> thank you for rescuing us. You've done a great service for us and your country. Yeah, why don't you give me some answers then? Hey, not so fast, buddy. The
0: less you know, the better. I am not permitted to answer your things. <laughs> so, so yeah, as, as they're blabbing pointlessly, um, another patrol boat shows up uh, and starts firing at them. Um, basically, like the, the kickers and the pilots take the boat into the plane. Jack jumps out into the water to take care of the mercenaries, which i'm not sure why i needed to hop out at this point but i guess he would make the most sense to be the only one fighting back um and the pilot that they just rescued just wants to ditch jack and uh start taking off but darlene's yelling at him and then brick is a pretty big dude and he kind of lays it down is, uh listen fly boy that man out there went through an awful lot to save your butt now taxi that's bird that away believe me you'll be doing yourself a big favor get it it's like are you threatening me like yes (laughs) i am in fact threatening he (laughs) does just say yes like i mean maybe that should have been pretty obvious there pilot guy could probably squeeze you to death pretty easy he's a big dude (laughs) um
1: i'm the only one who didn't get a chance to kill on this mission so (laughs)
0: So uh, Jack didn't really do much, sadly, after he's jumped out. He he did take a few shots to kind of, but didn't shoot any more of the patrol boat boat guards. So he kind of ditches his gun, jumps onto the, or jumps and tries to grab onto the seaplane, but misses it. Uh, But Darlene throws him a rope just in time and he grabs it and it's kind of being pulled along like a jet ski. Uh, The plane lifts off with him still kind of dangling from the rope. Um, You know, again, he's Pretty strong, pretty invulnerable, but it's like my arms are heavy, the wind hurts, like um, hitting me like a fist. Uh, And as he's flying away, uh, he sees sort of a glint in the water and takes the time to pull his binoculars out and hold on for dear life with one hand, which I guess you could do because you got super strength and kind of sees the shadowy outline of a jet plane. Hidden by camo nets under the water, and you, know, you can recognize it as something unusual, um, and then starts to uh, kind of piece the story together about you know what's really going on. You know, some sort of top secret jet plane that they wanted to uh, recover. So, uh, but the kickers are safe. Uh, no troubleshooters died. No kickers, ink buddies died. In this case, uh, they pulled Jack up. Uh, he gets the the teary kiss from Darlene, and you know, I guess all their marriage troubles okay now. Uh, she certainly would is happy to see him They're not dead, as far as things go. Uh, but it didn't turn out so great, right? So suicide's there, kind of looking blissfully out the window with some holes in his jacket from getting hit by the vest. Uh, vest stopped the bullets, but the impact feels like cracked rib. It's going to be a real rough season if they don't heal. <laughs> um, but again jack um hearing brick say he feels alive says alive jack ponders that word he wonders if you will ever forget this day today he killed today he died right no he didn't die <laughs> i guess metaphorically like his innocence died right yes you lost me there narration box you lost me <laughs>
1: Jack, the most honest man in the world is finally trapped in a web of deceit, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> the tangled web of death. So last last page, we end with the Pentagon. Um, so I guess they, they brought Jack in uh, and basically he's just pissed. Um, they didn't really give him much uh they basically just want to know what he saw out there like if he knows where their plane was like they don't really care so much about the pilots or them uh and uh you know the pilots were knocked out so they don't know where the plane went down and they're really trying to get it from jack and you know he's not having it at first Uh, he wants them to answer his questions you know why did you send us you know what was what was that plane doing out there excuse me are we at war you're like, oh, you did see the jet, then? Ah, ah. <laughs> got you there, busted Magna Conti. <laughs> Um, so they said the F twenty stealth bomber is highly classified. Some of our nation's most well guarded technological advancements. Um, should it fall into Russian hands, the, the effects could have been devastating to the balance of power. Uh, blah blah blah. We'd be loath to exert undue pressure on Kickers Incorporated, uh, operating permits for investigative agencies. Are sometimes difficult to maintain, so that's a little wordy. But basically, uh, you know, they're threatening him with the IRS, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. they're they tell him nothing and they're like, Okay, and we will we'll absolutely ruin your business or your life or whatever. That doesn't your boss hasn't you. fired you enough uh, in the last issue. We'll take everything else if you don't, uh, just yeah. say
0: lock Darlene in a room with some sort of weird guy that. goes on sound commands and she doesn't tell us where the plane is, then (laughs) like, I mean... Nothing we can do. The U.S. government can't figure out, like, where Kicker's Inc. landed and figure, okay, it's probably somewhere around there. Drop a bomb on it or something? Anyway, so he he has this kind of parting shot, which again, feels kind of weak. uh, But he picked up like a letter opener and throws it and it hits the map on the wall. And he's like, sorry, I overthrew a bit. It's actually three centimeters Northeast of there and slams the door. So it feels like he got like the last word though. Really he just gave them everything they wanted and he got nothing. So um, not the best day for Jack Conti, as far as things go, sadly for him.
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah.
0: This it definitely didn't feel like a normal Kickers Ink issue. Um, I and mean, we haven't dealt with that much life death kind of stuff. Definitely a lot of powers. Um, I, don't, I don't know, though, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's only indirectly killed that chemistry guy.
1: Yeah. And the first couple of issues where he, like, they were fighting the fist, you know, they're like willing to grab guns once the other side does and sort of, take it to the next level if they need to protect themselves or whatever but it they weren't really uh they didn't have a lot of that uh con- self conflict of like whether we should arm ourselves on this mission and it just didn't come up much yeah.
0: yeah yeah should we feel bad so yeah it's got a little bit of that you know realism i guess kind of take you know so there's there's kind of Uh, wacky kickers like going on kind of interesting missions and you know fighting the robot in the fist or uh going up against circus acrobats and such you know versus sort of gritty kickers here you know and jack's always kind of dealt with the use of his powers and worrying about hurting people and so like if that bothered him then you know killing some uh seeing leandro and people uh it's not going to sit that well with him uh but Chill i, I like, three yeah uh, but i like that it's not like you know not without consequence right so you know it's he's not just because he because he's the hero and he has these powers and he's trying to help people like doesn't mean he's not gonna think twice or kind of freeze up if he actually has to shoot a gun which he's perhaps never done before or you know shoot and aim and kill somebody uh, which is yeah probably would be pretty traumatic even kind of in the heat of the moment
1: yeah i mean military start to training young and uh you know try to work around some of that natural disinclination to uh some of this that we have and uh jack's you know grown man he's i don't know 30 maybe yeah and uh you know so this is all pretty weird and uh uncomfortable for him understandably um yeah i mean that's the thing kind of you put yourself in like a militarized situation and you find the other people are giving you a militarized response and so you only okay here's what i have to do then it's a um yeah more realistic these sort of fun very episodic adventures they've been on the last few months um pushed to the side a bit I don't know if this was could have been made like a light funny thing certainly like Vargas didn't seem very like threatening and he's just sort of like you say a cartoon and so the soldiers under his command aren't very you know f- still seem cartoonish even if they're you know supposed to be real people
0: yeah like, and there's that interesting kind of you know yeah change where you know like the goofy guy Vargas is kind of making fun of them for being kind of cartoonish too right but but I I wonder if this is almost like a criticism of kickers to a degree like you know what are they going to do like we send them on a mission to rescue someone and we give them these like goofy flashlight lasers and they got their kickers outfits on and but then like they've kind of got the dose of reality and like okay well actual combat and killing is you know going to leave some mental scars and you know none of you have you know what it takes to to run this mission or you're not you know, overconfident about the kevlar and got all the goofy equipment kind of thing so maybe, maybe that's a little bit what the writer was going for here i don't know but it ends up being kind of a fun story though
1: yeah on its own i i enjoyed it fine i'm not sure if um if it had taken place a few months ago like if that would have been better or worse i don't know um certainly would have been fun to be a part of a crossover with another book But yeah um,
0: it, it just makes zero sense to me that anyone would send the kickers to do that unless they had you know something kind of shady in mind you know like like if they're if we try to use the kickers as a distraction, like these big brightly colored yeah, buffoons yeah, yeah. to go in there and like make a mess of things, and then Mark Hazard slips in and like actually does the mission.
1: That part makes sense. Yeah. But then he ends the up one, having to kind of
0: rescue them
1: or something. That part does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either they're like the flashy diversion decoy. Yeah. Or other other possibility is that the government knew that Jack's superpower. And so um, was like, to test him out. Yeah. Give him, give him something to do where, you know, maybe this is difficult for a normal person or, or because just a bunch of football players would not be able to take this kind of mission on. But if you know one of them is bulletproof and super uh, human, eh, you know, maybe who knows? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We don't get the sense that the government secretly knows Jack's secret but um possible. Yeah,
0: it's it's possible, but <laughs> and there's there's not a lot of positive uh government stuff in the new universe. Mostly they seem to be total jerks <laughs> to
1: all of our yeah, characters. Yeah, I it, you know, I mean, at this point you could just like have every book um interacting with Edmund Roth, it would be, make about as much sense and be, you know, at least you have like a face like i think in you know, the 70s or 80s there was like this avengers government liaison henry guy or hmm who was always being a dick to them and ordering ordering them around and stuff you could just yeah. you know, have that character in the new universe
0: um, yeah i guess it's long. just the trouble with having things be kind of disconnected and you know lots of writers coming in like you know there's like, the ideas are there. Like, you know, I'm no writer, but uh, there's a lot of ways these could be, like, a little better connected or, uh, you know, have these threads kind of work through. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun, honestly. But yeah. too late, I guess. Uh, we can always rewrite the past. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, like, edit uh, the Wikipedia page or something? There we go.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of uh, things this reminded me of. One was the movie Unbreakable, where Jack is like swimming and, or I was like, I'm bulletproof. And I was like, it would be like funnier if he was like too heavy to swim, you know? Like, uh, right, you know, Yeah, I'm super dense. Oh, wait, now I can't swim. <laughs> um, and uh, the other is the... Um, Thunderball, the James Bond movie, where you've got the plane hidden under nets in the—I uh, don't know—the Caribbean somewhere, and everyone's looking for these secret. Uh, there's a missile on board or bomb on board or something, and all that. Yeah, okay. so, that kind of cloak and dagger stuff.
0: That sounds pretty spot on. I haven't seen that one no. though. Good one. Hmm. Um, I need to watch pre Pierce
1: Brosnan James Bond
0: movies. I think.
1: A lot of fun back there i uh is it all the um stuff over in night mask reminded me of um live and let die all that like uh, voodoo haitian stuff hmm. so again okay. one i i can't
0: play on ah, okay. sorry man <laughs> i did You're watch like all the, the chuck norris movies <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay they're all pretty much the same <laughs>
1: thought everyone had watched the Roger Moores. I don't understand. Anyway, way off tar- target here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, be we've got another, the like age. the government is uh, jerking us around. One of my questions is like this um, detective who supposedly is working for them seemed real, either really uh, easily bought into this woman's story or um, is also a CIA plant in the kickers.
0: I like it that he's a plant. I don't know that that's part of the story, but it would it would it would be the best angle, I think. Yeah, you introduce the new guy, like nobody knows who he is, and then he shows up later. He's the one that's you know ratted everybody out or whatever. So let's hope.
1: Um, Or he never shows up again. (laughs) (sighs) There's no mention of the events of last issue, so yeah. That I can't uh, get too hung up on whatever happens from issue to issue. <laughs> Next issue, they'll uh, be fighting the uh, the owner again, and completely forgot that Jack has killed,
0: has blood on his hands. I don't know. What we'll the see- detective is deaf? I didn't know that. What
1: definitely wasn't Suicide's bloodlust coming to the surface again. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we should rate this thing and then go to Universe News, right?
1: I'll li- I'll give you a chance. Do you mm. want me to go first?
0: Yeah. Mm. I'm going B plus. Oh, okay. I think that's it. Might be a little high. I mean, there's problems with the story, but it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of it. Like I don't I don't think it like the tone of the series is gets a little wobbly. <laughs> yeah, we were just playing tennis with a. <laughs> woman who was trying to influence it, Jack and then all of a sudden we're in the jungle kind of thing. But uh but it's kind of a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um and uh it's got a rock solid uh narration box stuff which I, I like so
1: okay. Um I'll give it a B. It's a uh, it's a little wobbly but um tells a decent story it gets through and
0: um yeah I enjoy
1: the character moments okay they're yeah they're sort of placed into a more extreme situation but they're still sort of reacting in character which i i'm fine with i'm really still hoping the hand shows
0: up again at some point but i doubt it um but the the universe news question of the month was of course if you had the power or abilities of the main hero uh what would you do with it? And we got Terry Kavanaugh answering. And he says, if I had Jack Magna Conti's strength, I'd ride the subways more often and hope someone asked me for $5. <laughs> Are you killing hobos, Kavanaugh?
1: <laughs> this is, I mean, you know, it's a re- reference to uh, Bernard Getz, the uh, subway vil- vigilante.
0: Oh. Oh,
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, F20 yeah. over with my head on that one.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that was the thing. So this guy was in on the subway, and according to him, these shady teenagers come up and ask him for five bucks. And uh, he was carrying a gun, and uh, I guess I'd had been held up a couple of times already by that point. Oh, uh, right. There was a bit of a callback to this in the Joker movie a couple of years ago, but there it was a bunch of like Wall Street frat boys instead of uh, young urban youth, um, as it was in the original case. And you get an interesting overview in the Wikipedia page on it of um, I forget this in nineteen eighty two maybe. Okay, so it kind of you know permeated the consciousness there. So like I like that both of these guys are like. How would I use this? Um, in extreme right-wing um, <laughs> domestic
0: situations. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we do a good job between the two of us of having our pop culture and history bases covered. I think. So I, I wasn't familiar with either of those.
1: Yeah, the. Um, I mean, you could also imagine a. Um, a leftist uh, wanting to have a. Uh, a, a domestic situations, but, um, there's a lot of, um, well, the, 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 at this point, um, New York city, I think sort of bottoms out around 1990 in terms of the crime rate. So it's, um, not as bad as it was in the seventies, but it's a, um, dangerous place. And since most of the people working at Marvel are local at the time i can imagine this is a bit of a topic of conversation around the bullpen
0: yeah yeah i guess that makes a bit more sense
1: i don't really know what i would do
0: like honestly like he's got kind of like you know if if it were me with the main hero's powers like he's got kind of like what you'd imagine is like the almost ideal superhero power set right you know super strong and invulnerable but but then what right like in, in this modern world like what are you going to use that for?
1: Like the biggest, yeah. toughest construction guy? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could be, I mean, certainly the most careless policeman ever, you know. <laughs> you can't go in there. They have hostages. They've got guns. Oh, don't worry about it. Boom, 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 The um, hostages might have to All worry. the hostages get killed. <laughs> Oops. Um, Oops. Yeah, it's a, um, I mean, professional football seems like one opportunity that is not good. Um, and then, um,
0: certainly wouldn't want to be an MMA fighter.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, that's, it, it's interesting that Jack's story in these months has kind of pointed out, even if you have this, what you would think is the ideal power set, um, it makes you sort of more dangerous to people like on a day-to-day basis and so it's like the justice
0: problem too right like he came from the world of like if, if, if there's obvious perfect bad guy he can vaporize them right you know in 1986 or 87 or 2022 it's like what do you do with super strength right like do you assume that you're going to be the best judge of what to use it for or, or even like getting involved in like crime or something like that like there's there's so many gray areas and you just yeah. end up ruining a lot of situations probably or just making yourself miserable or who knows yeah it's I, a I, um... I don't get what you would use it for which i think is kind of like the crux of the new universe right you're not going to put the cape on right? Everyone would just point their phones at you and make fun of you, probably.
1: <laughs> good good description of it.
0: Like, I could crush you and your phone. Like, oh, would do it to me. Like, ah! <laughs> this world is too much for me.
1: Ugh, yeah, Jack would work, I don't know, maybe in combination with Jenny Swenson or something as, like, a team where, like, they're... Investigating or sneaking around things, and he's he can sort of take point because he's invulnerable, and so right, he's got the strong arms, but is actually invulnerable. Yeah, so if he was, yeah, um, a spy, that would sort of work. I mean, he's obviously not the smartest guy (laughs) or the sneakiest, but I don't know, he's just an average, super popular, wealthy quarterback. (sighs) Oh. It's, yeah, it's another case where it's like, what would you do in real life, you know, versus what you, you would want in like a comic book situation where combat is always like the thing you got in your mind. So,
0: yeah. Uh, I don't know. We should probably wrap up this episode.
1: Uh, let us take a look at our upcoming uh, episode. And next we meet, we should be talking about justice number 10. Justice must defend Earth from a renegade band of evil justice warriors Ooh, from his home planet. Scripted by Jerry Conway, more pe- plotting and penciling by P- Keith Giffen, and perhaps inked by Vince Coletta. Shorter version Where there is good, there is evil, and justice's evil nemesis follows him wherever he goes. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm officially excited for that. (laughs) That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, issue 10 of DP7 and DP7's Tower of Strength. David Landers is forced to make a fateful decision free his friends from the sinister clinic or save himself. For as strong as he is, David fears he does not have the power to do both. Orphans, written by Grunewald, Ryan and Tangal or the short version Uh, The displaced paranormals have all been captured by the clinic, except Dave. And in the frozen wilderness, he's facing the woodsman. And those actually sound pretty different, but we'll see how that sorts out. because They're usually pretty spot on. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, tune in next time. Uh, Get yourself some sodium pentothal and turn up the volume. Uh, You can check out our website, kickersinc.com. Please send us an email, newuniversepodcast at gmail.com. Anything you're thinking about or want us to discuss and uh, email us ideas for our slogan contest. We'd love to hear some and read them on on air, on recording. And until next time, we'll see you back at the Spinner Rack. All right.